One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Forever 35. A podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I, I think that's what this is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm Kate Spencer. I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Dory, you know, one thing I want to point out to our listeners that this is not a show for kids because I had a thought in the shower today that I wanted to ask you. I can't wait this to is hear not what this is. on the show document. This is NSFK. This is NSF, not safe. Yeah, not safe for kids. Yeah. Probably not. Not also. Also not work. Dory, do people wash their pubic hair? Oh, interesting. I do. What with shampoo? No. Oh, with with like body wash. I had a bit of shampoo today, like accidentally dribble onto my stomach, uh-huh. and I was like, I'm just gonna wash my pubes. Okay. And then I conditioned. Oh, wow. This is way... Do they feel silky smooth? I haven't even really tested. Okay. But I just was like, does anyone do this? Is this a thing? Or did, or is this just... <laughs> I made Sammy laugh. <laughs> it's happened. I probably don't want to be admitting this on a podcast that's going to be... Um, I mean, why not? Commemorated, you know, recorded forever. But yeah. So you do with a soap? Yeah, I just give it a little... Like uh, like a shampoo? Just like, just, just a wash. You know, it's not good to like get in there. 
in yeah, your yeah. vag. Well, this was like a, this was. We're just talking about the outside. I'm talking yeah. about pure, pure pubic pubes. hair. Yeah, pure I've pubes. never, I've never shampooed them though. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I used to get Brazilians, which are not great, but I guess then you don't have that issue. No, you've got nothing to wash but the skin. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, by not great, I mean, I had all sorts of problems with them, like ingrowns, and mm-hmm. it was not fun. Not fun. Also, they're painful as hell. I've gotten a few in my day. Mm-hmm. Never enjoyed it once. Nope. Nope. Anyway, I just, I thought of, I was wondering, well, I was thinking about our shower routine. Well, Kate, this is a safe space that we share with thousands of people. <laughs> That's right. So I'm really glad you brought that up. That any old ex-boyfriend or former teacher can listen to. And, and when they wonder, what is Kate Spencer up to now? The answer is thinking about pubes. Thinking about shampooing Shampooing pubes. pubes. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. Got, we got to cut this all well, out, Dory. We are definitely not cutting this out. Don't even think about it. Sammy, you got that? Not going. All right. Great. What else is happening this week? Well, in other news for me personally, I'm depressed. Well, I'm, I'm just, sorry. You know when you're just in that space where you're like, ugh. Yeah, I do. I can't even like bring myself to cook dinner. I've just been like eating crackers for dinner all week. Is that is that Okay. I think that's fine. Okay, good. I was able to, I've been able to feed my children. Great. Even though last night I just like took a rotisserie chicken, cooked it in water, made that broth, made egg noodles, and I was like, here's soup. Wait, that sounds actually like it was good. Elaborate. <laughs> it wasn't. It was very easy. And then I ate, um, I don't even know. Like literally, I've just been eating like peanut butter out of a container. I can't, I, I just, the thought of making cooking dinner is so much effort. I can't uh, even bring I, myself to consider I it. I really think that's fine. What do you think the origin of this rut is? You know, I did a little self-analyzing as I was jotting down. I don't know if it's the holidays and just the overwhelm of the season. Like no matter what I do, it just always feels to kind of just like feel like a walking into a brick wall. I don't know if it's the state of the world. I don't know if it's just like, you know, residual leftover grief like that comes up without subconsciously Mm. about my, you know, the holidays and my mom being being dead and that sort of thing. I, I don't know. I don't think that's it, honestly. But I just was kind of like, ugh. The, yeah. the not being able to bring myself to make dinner has been very, has been kind of noticeable. I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of blah. I think cut yourself some slack. I'm going to roll with it. Just roll with I it. I don't mind. And, um, you know, we're fine. But it was just, it's just interesting. It's always interesting for me to notice my when my my moods and my mental health and right now i'm yeah. just kind of in a, a lower zone i was in a i was in a rut last weekend what was going on do you do you have a well, were you able to pinpoint i think part of it is i don't have as much scheduled on the weekends as i do during the week because like i don't have kids i don't have that like frenetic you know running to birthday parties and <sighs> all that stuff um And I haven't been super proactive about like making plans with people also because like, honestly, it's hard to make plans with people on the weekends because everyone has kids and they're all at birthday and they're all at birthday parties. So it's sort of like, "Mm, all right, I guess I'm home. Um, So I was kind of feeling that last weekend. And then I was also feeling like, who are my friends in L.A.? Oh, God, I, I hate these moments where you're like, I don't have friends. Yeah, I was like. We got invited to a, a few holiday parties, but not like a lot. And I was sort of like, huh. <laughs> and we're not having a Hanukkah party this year. Like we decided not to not to do it. I, I guess Christmas party. Um, and I was just sort of like, hmm. 
<laughs> like I was just kind of feeling sorry for myself. Again, an okay way to feel. Yeah. And did so, you did you pull out of it? Or are you still kind of feeling it? Well, then on the podcast I do with my husband last week, we got into a, I wouldn't say a fight, but we had a like very uh, honest discussion <laughs> at the top of the show. Wow. I got to tune into that one. Um, and that kind of sent me into like a little bit of a spiral of like, oh God, what if we're just never going to be on the same page? Oh, geez. Yeah. About everything? About like certain things. You got to listen to it. I will. I don't, I don't really feel like rehashing don't it. Don't need it to. took a lot out of me. It was just like a lot, you know? And so between the like, who are my friends? And like, what do I do? What do I do on the weekends? And what what's happening? <laughs> like, who is my husband? Yeah. I've, I've just been sort of like, huh, okay. You're that weird alone in the world feeling yes. kind of seeping in. But then during the week, it's like, I have, you know, like we do our podcast, like I have more obligations right. and that feels better. Um, so it's weird that now like the weekends I'm almost sort of dreading. Oh, yeah. But, you know, other than feeling sort of like existentially weird, I've been in, I feel like I've been in a decent like groove, like I've been working out I've been going to prenatal yoga. I've been taking these walks. Um, I started a new journal, new oh. journal, journal slash planner. Oh, your planner, which we talked about. You got to tell listeners yes. about it. Yes, you and I talked yes, about yes, it. Yes, yes, sorry. Yes. <laughs> we talked so, without microphones. It's so yes, strange. I know, it's weird. Um, it's called the Best Self Planner. I am mixed on it, I will have to say. Um, there's certain things I like about it. It has you do a gratitude practice in the morning and at night. You're like, I don't have enough fucking gratitude to <laughs> I'm fill literally this literally like, Jesus Christ. God. Um, I feel like it, what I, what I, appealed to me about it when I saw it online, I'm sure I got like an Instagram ad about it, was that it seemed to take some of the things that I like about bullet journals and just made them like easy for you to they do. They did it for you. Yeah, they bit. did it yeah. for you. Like weekly things that you can keep track of. So I'm like exercise, being in bed by 10, reading in bed and pooping. Pooping is very important. Well, especially to know when, when you're you pregnant. Sure. You know, sometimes you just go for a few days and you're like, wait, I haven't pooped in like three days. Side note, my daughter the other day was like, do you poop every day? I don't. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I do. You're not regular. I mean, just was like we'd never t my we never talked about this before. Oh, see, she should get the best. <laughs> <She should> get <laughs> Listen, you're going to start bullet journaling. Yeah. But I have. It's almost like too much self reflection. Like every day, they want you to set goals and talk Ugh. about like your wins for the day. And I'm sort of like, mm, I don't want to have like daily Ugh. wins or lessons learned. It's like it's like too much, you know? Yeah. I they, do. They're also, I have to say, they're also a little spammy. Like as soon as I ordered the journal, I started getting like thousands of emails from them. Then they texted me. And I was like, how did they get, uh, how do they know my number? They texted me when the, when the journal was delivered and they were like, are you excited to start? And oh my I was God, it's like, too much. Slow your roll. <laughs> it's like the, uh, this app on my phone every day. It's like time to meditate. Have you meditated? And then it like a quote, and I have to shut it off, but I just keep forgetting. And it's like fucking <laughs> lay off. Yeah. Lay off. And I'm like, just let me be grateful and write down what I need to do today. <laughs> like, 
That's it. It's too much tracking. Well, you know, we had a listener write in, and I would like to address this on a mini episode in more detail, but their question was like, what if your self-care is just not fucking doing any self-care? And to which I say, hell yes. Yeah. But like sometimes this shit feels like over – it's like too much yeah. work and you're just sitting there. Yeah. You know. You know, I could see it might be useful if I had like a long-term project. Sure. That I wanted to be working on and I needed to like break it down. I think it would be good with that – I don't know. Jury is still out, but so far I'm sort of like, what have, what, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> well, I mean, the nice thing is you can get yourself out of it. You don't have totally. to commit to it. I, I've given up on journals and planners and I'm just using Wonderlist and my Google Calendar. And I feel very on, I feel more on top of things than when I was handwriting them into books. Yeah. I mean, I think I might just go back to the method that I mentioned on the podcast before, just like writing my to-do list the night before. Again. Turns that- out, that's all I need. It really is like maybe we've swung the pendulum <laughs> too far in the journal direction. Totally. Let's take a short break. All right. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, This is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, 
our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get or, into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just <laughs> going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also like summer sweat under those underwires. is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
and they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. So the holidays are coming up. They're basically here. We're in it. We're in it. And we wanted to talk about staycations this week. My favorite kind of cation. Exactly. Um, Because my husband and I are going to be doing some staycationing this holiday season. And I think you're going to be home for a few days also. Yeah. I don't know. You know, since having children. Yeah. I don't know if I've had a staycation, mm. which is why in describing my dream staycation, it involves my children going to a magical safe care facility during the day. Well, you know, we're going to get to this later, but I, <laughs> I asked in the Facebook group for people's fa- people's dream staycations and almost everyone who had kids was like, no kids. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not that I wouldn't love like doing the, the kind of things sure. we do in a staycation um, with my children. But I feel like in order to truly relax in my yes. fantasy world, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about one particular staycation that my husband and I did. And it was like one of the most, the best, like three days of my life. What was it? Well, we watched three to four seasons of The Sopranos, like just around the clock, like from, you know, we'd wake up at 10 a.m., get bagels, and then just soprano it up to like one or two in the morning. And we would just consistently order this delicious pizza from this pizza place. I mean, we just ate pizza and watched Sopranos for like three days. And it was the best. Oh. It was so much fun. That sounds great. Oh. Um, well, we both came up with our dream staycations. Wait, Dory, define a staycation in case someone's hearing this term for the first so, time. So to me, a staycation means a, a, a period when a lot of people go away and you stay home. So it could be like Thanksgiving time. It can be the week between Christmas and New Year's. It could be like 4th of July weekend. Um, or it could be just like a period when you have off from work and you decide not to go away. You decide to stay home. You vacation in your home. Yes. I mean, I think that the the... In part, you'll hear what, what my dream staycation is. But in part, I think for me, a, a real staycation is when a lot of other people leave town. I love that feeling. Yeah. I mean, you're the only person in your city or your yes. town. I feel like it's more pronounced when you live in New York. Because like if you're if you're in New York over 4th of July weekend and you're like in downtown Manhattan, I mean, it's like tourists, but there's just not a lot of people no, out. amazing. Um, Excuse me. <clears throat> so... One part of my dream staycation is like getting a reservation at a restaurant that's like usually really hard to go to because everyone's away. Ah, but your staycation involves actually activities outside of your home. Yes. Okay. I mean, set the scene. Okay. So Take me on this journey. With if you. we're talking multiple days, it involves the following: um, baking something elaborate. Yum. 
like I think on Christmas, Matt and I are going to bake cinnamon rolls. I think I already mentioned that. You did. It sounds so good. Yes. I'm excited about that. And then also watching something like Great British Bake Off with my husband. Cozy. Something cozy and just like, yeah, that gives you like a good feeling. Um, And then maybe watching some movies, going on longer walks than usual with my dog. Um, Going to the beach. Like I love a chilly beach day. You love like a sneakers and jeans beach day. Yeah. Like I would love to just like, and you know, I would love to just drive to the beach. There's no one there. It's just, I don't know. It's just really nice. Also, if I wasn't pregnant, I would definitely go to the Korean spa. Spend the day soaking. Spend the day soaking, get a scrub, like sit in the steam room, sit in the sauna. But I can't do any of those things. But since I am pregnant, I think maybe I will do an in-home spa sort of thing. Yeah. Like take a lot of baths and maybe get a prenatal massage. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, Read like five books. Like for some reason, reading in the middle of the day feels so indulgent. Oh my gosh, it does. Yeah. It feels so indulgent yeah. now. I, I wanted to do it so badly other th- the other day and I was like, I have to work. I can't read this book right now. Yeah. So... Like just hmm. doing some middle of the day reading. Oh, God, like 10 a.m. and you're just on the couch reading. Yeah. Like how nice is that? Um, also, I think like taking social media apps off my phone. I have that on mine too. Yeah. Get out of that social media yeah. spiral. Um, and then, you know, if I wanted like the luxury version, I would check into like a fancy hotel in L.A. and get room service for like a night or two. My staycation, I mean, you could kind of do this by just ordering takeout the whole time. Uh-huh. I mean, that's the <laughs> that's the room service part without the fancy hotel. That's true. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to be in town for five or six days, I think, five days before we go away for a couple days over Christmas. Um, and I definitely plan on doing some of these. I mean, we are also going to do a Christmas purge. That's right. That's your gift to each other. Yes, which I'm very excited about. Um, so we will be doing that as well, which feels fun and indulgent. It, I don't know if it feels steak. You could staycation and purge on a staycation. Oh, I think so. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then read in the middle of the day. <laughs> Just be like, pause. Yep. Hold on. Stop putting all those bins away. Yeah, exactly. Let's take a book break. Um, what is your dream staycation? Well, as mentioned, my kids, I drop them off at a magical safe location where they know I know they are cared for or they're like at camp. Mm-hmm. Anyway, in this fantasy staycation, they're not around. Great. But they're safe. Yes. Um, and I can't wait to see them again when I'm done staycationing. I mean, they would come home at night, I imagine. <laughs> um, I... Because it's such a rare treat to go to the movies, mm. I would love and not see like Wreck It Ralph breaks the internet, but mm-hmm. rather see like a, a grown up movie. I would love to just go and like see three movies in a row at the mm. movie theater. Um, it would just kind of also involve everything being really slow. Like, what are your movie theater snacks? I love a buttered popcorn. Uh huh. I love then like mixing an M&M in with the buttered popcorn. Really? A peanut M&M. That sounds so good. Mm -hmm. Not a big soda drinker at the movies. My daughter and I did get sour Mike and Ike's Mm. this weekend. I like a a Sour Patch Kid at the movies. Those hurt the top of the roof of my mouth. Oh, okay. But these Mike and Ike's were very tasty. All right. Yeah. You know, my mom's movie theater snack of choice 
is good and plenty. My mom too. My mom used to hide good and plenty in the house and eat them. They're so disgusting. They're gross. It must be like a generational it thing. It has to be like a 50s yes. thing. Like she would make us stop at CVS Ugh. before we went to the movies so she could get good and plenty. Because God forbid you would spend the $8 million well, on the usually movie be, theater good I mean, and they usually didn't have them. Because no. <laughs> nobody, nobody likes, likes them. <laughs> oh, good and plenties are such a mom candy. Yes. <sighs> anyway, it's like sorry. the shivers. No, it's fine. Um... But basically, like, I would, I, I don't know if my body could sleep in, but I would like yeah. sleep till 8 a.m. or just sit in bed and like sit there. Yeah. I would eat bagels all day. Mm. I love a bagel. I just like, you know, a toasty bagel. Yeah. With butter or cream cheese? Um, Both. Oh, yum. Yeah. I love a butter and then a cream cheese. Just okay. that layer. All right. Just a slow day. Um, I would just do takeout, all sorts of different kinds of takeout. And then I would love to binge watch a TV show. Mm. I love the feeling of like, oh, hey, it's the, we have 12 hours. Yeah. Let's watch the first season of Game of Thrones. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know if that would be my choice of show. Right. But there are numerous shows that everyone else has seen but me that mm. I, that I feel like I would really love to watch that it's kind of hard to do at night or also, you know, like that satisfying feeling where you're like, oh, I can just keep watching. This. Yeah. I don't have to go to bed. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to watch yeah. like 70 episodes. Um, I like to watch co- movies I, that make me feel cozy. Mm. Um, that like movies I already love. For me, that would be like When Harry Met Sally. Mm. Probably be the Pride and Prejudice movie. Mm-hmm. Just movies that I mean, God, you know what movie is like my coziest? What that I've seen so many times. Not out of choice. It's just always on Devil Wears Prada. Oh yeah. You know, if like that, you know, like that luxury of just like, oh, I'm flipping through HBO. There's a movie. Yeah. Like three quarters of it left. I'll watch this. Yeah. That feeling. Although I now have the thing with Devil Wears Prada where I identify more with Miranda Priestly than I do with Andy. <laughs> Certainly her hair and her style is fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, it's a little weird. <laughs> like, oh, I'm old. Okay. <laughs> but you're um, not an evil monster. No, but I am like, oh, she's a horrible assistant. She did a tarot. She didn't know about Cerulean Blue. No. And then she did not treat her friends. What is she doing working her... at a fashion magazine? Oh, she just wants to work at the New Yorker, Dory. She shouldn't be at Vogue. <laughs> well, we uh, solved the plot of <laughs> I think my general thing would just be like, I don't leave the house. I wear, like I wake up and yeah. I'm in my pajamas. I don't need to put do on a bra. Do you have slippers? I do. Mm. But I also like a thick sock. Okay. Comfy sock. Yep. Got some great cozy socks at the old C. Osco <laughs> where I shop all the time. They did. They're, they're literally called cozy socks. Ooh. Um, you know, just like hot chocolate. Put a fire on in the fireplace. Oh, hot chocolate. That's a good one. You know one. what I mean? That's like a thing that you never have normally. I beg to differ. Oh, okay. I love hot chocolate. All right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> but that's okay. I but misspoke. for you, it would be a staycation treat. Yes. Maybe with some marshmallows. Marshmallows. Mm. Mm. And then you would just eat the marshmallows out of the bag. Yeah. I think just the idea of zero commitments, zero rushing. Yep. Um, yeah. Yep. Not having to be presentable to anybody and mm-hmm. just being able to sit, yes, really appeals to me. Well, that sounds dreamy. I hope you can do some of it. I do too. And I actually, in writing this, I was thinking about ways to do it with my children. Yeah, which as they get older, we can have like a movie marathon. It's just as you know totally. stuff for them, and 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 that is really fun and still relaxing and and very cozy. And look, they love hot chocolate, so. I and mean, they can also stay in their pajamas all day. Yeah. And they need to learn what it means to relax and staycate. Mm-hmm. Right? I yes. do think it's a really valuable it's lesson, a good lesson to like to not do shit. Totally. 
What did our listeners say oh, about their Our listeners had so many good suggestions. I, I just chose a few of them. Um, all right. Fully stocked fridge slash kitchen with all my favorite foods and drinks. Oh, uh, yep, 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 yep. No husband or kid. Netflix or Hulu binges of my favorite shows, a good book, a hot bath, and pajamas all day, every uh, day. Yes. I mean, I feel like this person is speaking your language. The, we should staycation together. <laughs> um, another person said, projects, so many house projects I would like to do. Sanding and staining that dresser stored in the garage or organizing my closet or deep clean of the fridge. Ooh. Mm. A motivated, yeah, a motivated, motivated staycationer. staycationer. <laughs> um, someone else said, "Not speaking to another human for forty-eight to seventy-two hours, reading naps, and every Winona Ryder movie." I like this. Like some people are really taking it as a time for themselves, mm-hmm. and other people are like, "I have shit I need to get done." Yes. Um, check into a nice hotel in town and have the house cleaned while I'm away. Spend Ooh. the time enjoying the quiet and calm at the hotel. Lots of reading, movies in bed, a massage, exploring the city, maybe see a play. I like maybe see a play. Me too. I yeah. would, sounds like a nice getaway. Um, someone is someone actually is planning their staycation and said, "I'm spending the last week of December and the first week of January at home on a staycation. I'm going to do two th- two to three days of deep cleaning and a house project, recovering a chair." That's a good house project. And then the rest of the time is books slash Netflix Netflix days on the couch, hikes in the woods with my dog, a day trip to visit my niece for movies, Chinese on Christmas, all the baking, a massage, some restorative yoga, and a local New Year's Day hike. It's going to be great if I do even half of that and spend the other half on the couch. Um, I love this next suggestion. Yeah. Maybe plan a nostalgic meal like something my mom used to make and I haven't had in forever. I know such a good idea i love that that's such a cool that's great yeah this person also said enough beautiful yarn to keep me busy for months and something great to watch while i knit Mm, productive yeah um i like this one too someone said i'd pick a weekday so that i can go to my favorite sf places that aren't mobbed on the weekends i mean she's kind of after my own heart here san francisco resident yes um Going to the movies in the middle of the day, there's no luxury quite like an 11.45 a.m. showing with like two other people in the theater. And then you go to late lunch and the restaurant's not busy. Yeah. Mm. So true. Um, So this woman actually has a staycation tradition um, where she says she does this every year around the holidays. My university gives all staff off between Christmas and New Year's. So it's five extra days of vacation on top of our PTO. My husband and I will travel out of state on Thanksgiving to see family, but then stay in Boston for this time. I like to call it Grinchmas. We don't make plans. We exchange maybe one gift. We chill at home with the dog and drink wine on the couch. I like to do yoga, read, nap, and take a hot bath with lots of face masking every day. And since my husband works for the government, he only gets the actual holidays off. So I, excuse me, I also take our dog for extra walks in the woods since we typically share that responsibility. It's pretty darn awesome. This year, I'm determined to spend some of the time organizing my closet into keep, donate, recycle, slash trash as well. Um, and then I loved this suggestion from someone who works for a tourism board. Oh, an expert. An expert. She says, <clears throat> ask your tourism board for its free visitors or vacation planning guide or download off the website and use it to plan your dream staycation. Chances are you'll find lots of old favorite attractions to put on your itinerary, some new ones, and some lesser known gems. 
Also, many tours and boards provide themed slash seasonal itineraries tailored to what you're interested in, like family, culinary, shopping, sports, girls weekend, etc. to take the guesswork out of planning. There, those will also be on tours and board websites or in the printed Guides. I do love being a tourist in your own town yeah. or city because so often you we live in these places and we don't actually like Los Angeles has incredible art museums. Yeah. And I mean, know. I've never even been to the Huntington Gardens. We've got to go do that. I They're mean, gorgeous. What am I waiting Have you been to Descanso? No. Dory. Got to get your garden on here I in LA. Know. See, like these are the things that I need to do. And it's very hard. You, you're a busy person. It's hard to make time for these and I'm like, oh, it's in Pasadena. Oh, Pasadena so listeners, it's not that far. It's not far. Nope. Um, so yeah, so thank you all for your wonderful staycation suggestions. I might steal some of them. Yeah, that was really. I love. I love hearing what people do. Yeah, and I, I don't. We don't think about staycations that much, but they do have a lot of value, and they're they, do. they can be a really cost effective way to relax. I was take just going to say, yourself. I love that so many of these suggestions are do not cost money. Not a lot of money. And and they also like I actually no, like find, cleaning your house. Oh no, cleaning I mean, your house. Like, no, that is hiking. Like a lot of these are a good point, taking huh? a bath. Like there were a lot of like very very inexpensive or or free suggestions. And I also think you know vacations can be stressful. The, totally, there's cost the packing, the movement, the travel stuff yeah. doesn't go as you plan. And you have these high expectations. Ugh. Whereas I feel like with a staycation, the expectations are low. You know the bed is going to be comfortable. Hmm. You know the pillows are going to be nice. Yeah. You know that your towel is going to have a stain, <laughs> at least in my house. And you're not going to complain to the manager. No, because you are the manager. Exactly. Well, I would love to hear more if people are doing staycations this winter. Yeah. And if you do a staycation, tell us all about it. And if you have secret spots in your city or hometown that mm. you want to share, mm -hmm. let's put together a Forever 35 tourism guide. <laughs> In our spare time. Well, that is ambitious. <laughs> I will not be doing that on my staycation. <laughs> but if you want to, I mean, go ahead. Maybe. It might be fun. <laughs> All right. Our guest today is Regina Merson, the founder and creator of Reina Rebelde. And Regina, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We're thrilled to have you. I'm going to read a short bio that was provided to us that I thought was excellent to introduce you to our listeners. Regina is the founder and creator of Reina Rebelde, the first makeup line inspired by and created for today's Latinas, which celebrates the Latina collective dualistic experience as rebel queens. This year has been monumental for Reina Rebelde as the Latina community propelled the brand to capture the attention of its first major retail partner, which is Target. And Regina, just so you know, I saw a whole area of your stuff in Target, and I freaked out. It was very exciting. Um, you were born in Guadalajara, Mexico, and raised in Dallas, Texas, and Regina left a successful career as a bankruptcy attorney to launch Reina Rebelde, which ties her two loves, cosmetics and her Mexican heritage. A graduate of Yale University and the University of Chicago Law School, Regina is a proud Mexican immigrant carving out her own path in the beauty world. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you. And as I mentioned before we started recording, we had a guest come in, Alexis, wearing your lipstick. And, and we were both like, what is your lipstick? It's so perfect. And she told us about your brand. So that was very all exciting. All full circle. Yeah. yeah we're very well, 
We were at BeautyCon in LA when we heard it. (gasps) There was like, I'm going to just going to set the scene for you. There were, I had to, it was our first year at BeautyCon and we, um, I had my intern, my college intern that I flew out to LA. I had, um, like our PR marketing person. And then we had an influencer that was going to be at our booth. And I had rented a Airbnb for like all of us. So it was just basically four Latina women hysterically getting ready every morning. <laughs> Sounds to like go fun. Spend all day. And we were listening to it and we heard it and we like all, you know, broke out in screens. And I was like, I have to get on this podcast. I love it. So anyway, it was very memorable. Oh, that's really cool. That makes us feel giddy inside. Yeah. Um, I wanted to start by asking about the name um, and what it means to be a rebel queen, especially in relation to the experience of Latina women. Right. So the name was something I really, um, I really anguished over for a long time because I wanted something that really captured the essence of not just the Latina woman, but the heritage of the, of kind of the Latina fierceness, but also really reflected where we are today um, as women as a collective and then Latina women and some of the strides we are making. So a lot of it was very much inspired by personal journeys that I've had a front row seat to, meaning cousins, women in my life, um, and then my own sort of personal journey as well. I think one of the things that happens to Latina women in this country is, you know, we like to say that we sort of, we, we, are challenged by triple oppression, right? We're, we're women. So there's that challenge. Um, and then we're minority women in the United States. There's that challenge. And then there's, you know, the, the third challenge of within our Latino homes, they tend to be a very like macho like culture. And so there's additional layer of sort of gender, um, gender challenges that, that we all deal with. And, and yet where where this group of fierce women are going um, and the trends show and all the evidence around us show is they are enrolling in colleges faster than all their other counterparts. They are getting degrees at night school while raising young families, while carrying a job. They are um, out breaking glass ceilings all the time and barriers and even if they're not making as much progress as we would all like to see at times, we we're all sort of pushing and pushing and pushing. And within this very dynamic dualistic sort of existence, because, because in order to accomplish that, you have to be adept at being American on the one hand, and then being able to go home and being fiercely loyal to your Latino roots, which show up in every household. Um, and so you're ambicultural, you're bilingual, you're doing this and you're doing that. And, and while you're out and you're putting all this energy and fierceness out there, you, you meaning me and a lot of, and most other Latino women never leave the house without a full face of makeup. So this sense of beauty and fierceness and what it all means and how it all ties together, because To me, one of the things I learned early on was I grew up in a house coming here from Mexico where I always had to look put together to walk out the door. And when I got to college, I carried that with me. 
And I was very much sort of shamed about that at college. People were always stopping me saying, why do you look so dressed up and put together? Do you have a job interview? And it was just the way that was ingrained in my head from the women in my family. And then when I became a lawyer, there was this seeming dichotomy about you couldn't be a good lawyer, a successful lawyer and move up the chain and also be focused on your appearance. The two did not go hand in hand. And I found that so odd. And I felt like, of course you can and you should. And that's actually a very cultural point for Hispanic women in this country um, and a point of differentiation in many regards. And at the same time, there is a really beautiful term in um, Latina or Latino culture um, where we elevate women around us by calling them queens, which is where the reina part also came in. So your mother will call you a reina. Your friends will call you a reina. If you ever pick up a copy of like Ola magazine or people in Espanol, the way that we celebrate women leaders in our communities, we call them the queen of, Hmm. you know, pop. So J-Lo will, if you ever see J-Lo on the cover of a Spanish publication, it'll say Jennifer Lopez, la reina del pop. Okay, so it'll be that. So I wanted the elevation and the sense of community that, you know, we're all tied together. And obviously the queen part ties into, you know, our beauty and then in our vanity. And then the rebelde side is the counterpoint to that, which is we can be vain and we can be into our looks because that's part of our pride as individuals and as women. But also it doesn't diminish or take away from our our ability to be fierce um, intellectuals or women in the community or mothers or people that are juggling a lot of hats and wearing a lot of different things. And at the core of all of it was I want women to stop apologizing for being both or wanting both. I want them to understand that the duality is messy and it makes a lot of people very uncomfortable because people want to pigeonhole you into one or the other. You're the pretty girl. You're the smart girl. Um, You're the successful girl or you're the, you know, not so interesting, intelligent girl. And it's no, you know, it, that is their problem. You can live with all of these dualities existing within you and you can own all of them and they should both be given equal amounts of sort of light and air and, and energy. So that was where the name came from. Wow. Yeah. That was very inspiring. Yeah. How, well, thank you. Yeah. How did you know you wanted to turn makeup into your career? I mean, it sounds like you had a very successful career. Um, and then to do this thing that seems like it might've been scary. Um, And how are you received as a bankruptcy attorney switching to entrepreneur, makeup entrepreneur? Right. Uh, Am I allowed to curse on this person? Yes. Do it. Okay, great. Um, Scary is, is, uh, is an understatement. It was, it was, it was just, I was scared shitless. That's the honest answer. Um, But really what happened was I had, for all the reasons I just explained, grew up around kind of being obsessed with makeup. And I used to watch a lot of telenovelas when I was young and, and love the drama of it and 
you know, just like my 90 year old grandmother still won't leave the house without a beautiful full face of makeup and her hair done. And, and I, I always appreciated that about my culture. Um, and so, like I said, you know, I took that with me and one of the things that started happening is I, I became a makeup junkie and I became a makeup junkie when I was in high school, but it, it grew into this funny obsession that was kind of running in the background of my academic career and my job as a lawyer. And so I was that person that was having, you know, boxes of Sephora delivered almost every day with all of these things. And at one point, you know, like all good hoarders, you know, I had to take a hard look at what, what was, what was I trying to say or express by this makeup collection and my obsession over YouTube videos on how to do the perfect eyeliner. And, you know, by the way, at this point, I'm working on these huge bankruptcies. I'm working on Lehman Brothers and American Airlines and all these things. And there's not a lot of time for this, but I've made, I've somehow managed to carve time for it, which I always found to be something that was worthy of analyzing. And what I really realized was this makeup collection was me trying to express a, a very creative part of myself through makeup. And B, it was also a owning, uh, you know, as a lawyer, you wear navy and gray and black and like kind of a pared down makeup routine. Um, But on the weekends, I really liked experimenting with things that were just completely, you know, off of whatever was allowed in that office. And there was a part of me that just wasn't being expressed outwardly as a lawyer and the constraints of that life and makeup turned out to be the tool which allowed me to get a voice out and get part of me expressed. And so the makeup collection was totally crazy. I mean, I would buy things that in a million years would I ever wear, um, colors that like made no sense, green lipstick, things like that, that I never really, but I wanted to have them and I wanted to have access to that. Should I need it or should the mood strike? And being a lawyer and I've, I've talked about this a lot, you know, I, I, as an immigrant, my parents had invested tremendous amounts of energy and helping me succeed in this country. And so when I actually ended up becoming a lawyer and I, I wasn't happy, I had a very, you know, harsh come to Jesus about what that meant and, and how difficult that was to admit to myself. And I had to mourn that. But as part of that journey of accepting that maybe this thing that I'd worked really hard for and everyone was really excited that I had accomplished wasn't really where my heart was at. I allowed myself to really just be mindful and pay attention of the things that were bringing me joy. And this makeup, crazy makeup obsession that was running on the side was something that was bringing me joy. And maybe I didn't understand why, but it was there and it was undeniable. Um, And so the idea really started sparking from my own experience, also feeling like no makeup line really spoke to me um, completely. There were a lot of lines that that represented one side of who I was, another side, the side I wanted to be on the weekend, the side I wanted to be with my grandmother, um, but nothing that really gave me the freedom and flexibility and power to be all the things and all the sides of myself and the different masks that I was wearing. And, and then of course, like a good lawyer, I started researching and saying, gosh, am I the only one that feels this way? Like I have to hobble together something that reflects who I really am from like 10 or 12 or 15 different sources. And there it obviously 
what I already knew in my gut, which was Latinas buy more makeup than everybody else. Um, so my hoarding is not so unique, um, as it turns out, but also that there was no line that was really addressing this dynamic and this kind of spiritual, funny, idiosyncratic connection that we have. That's part of like our roots to makeup. So that was, that was the spark of the idea. And it was really funny because it came out of probably like the darkest time in my life. I was just so utterly depressed as a lawyer and I was so unhappy with where I saw the trajectory of my life going because I'd worked so hard to be a lawyer. And, you know, it's kind of that thing, like when you think you want something so badly and then you have it and you, you are finally there and you stop to realize that it wasn't really what you wanted. And that, that can be really soul crushing. Yeah. And it was a that experience that, but how did you, how did you then take the leap? Like you're depressed, you're an attorney. How do you then crack open a business? Yeah, you know, it it was an iterative process. I mean, I think people think it was like I woke up one day and it's funny sometimes when people write stories about it, it's like she woke up one day and she just marched out of that office. (laughs) Not, not quite. (laughs) You know, there was a tremendous amount of planning that went on for about two years of, um, I took a business class um, at a local college about starting a business and I would leave work for three hours and then have to come back and like work till two or three in the morning. Um, and I did this on the sly to give myself some, some place to at least put one step forward, a little bit of energy into the idea by making it like, I think demystifying how scary it seemed. I've never started a business. How do you start a business? Okay. I'm going to take a class on this. Um, so I did this course over the course of this fall and it did, it, it helped me sort of organize my thoughts and break it down in digestible pieces. And then there was what I like to call the like 18 month soul searching part of it, where I was in intense psychotherapy, trying to unwind how I landed at this job that felt so soulless to me. Um, but it worked so hard to get it. And then, and, and whether or not I could really give like credence to these other, this other dream that I had that seemed so ludicrous. Um, and so what, it was like an 18 month sort of mourning slash accepting slash embracing that it was okay for me to change my mind. And it was okay for me to change my mind as a woman. And it was okay for me to change my mind as like an immigrant who was sort of living the American dream for all immigrants, which is that your children come here and they succeed. And I was succeeding And that felt very potent to me. I had to like really work hard. It was very emotional to accept that it was that I was going to disappoint a lot of people by changing my mind and changing career paths. And not only that, but I was going to disappoint them and go a direction that has no certainty. I have no experience in. Um, And and so getting comfortable with that risk was really, really hard. Um, And as I am, you know mentally doing gymnastics about how to do this emotionally. I'm, I'm making plans and everyone started saying, you know, you're just going to have to jump and do it. And, and I, I was getting close to jumping and doing it. And, um, about six months into my, what I had deemed my final year as a lawyer, I was going to get my last bonus and then like get out. And I was saving money so that I could live for a while. Um, I got laid off. Wow. Yeah. And there were, 
200 layoffs. It was the largest round of layoffs that any that that firm had ever done. And it was like on the cover of the Wall Street Journal. And I remember waking up that day and our department, the the economy had gotten much better. And so bankruptcy is very cyclical. Our department had become very, very slow over the last six months. And so we were basically, most of the bankruptcy department was on the chopping block. And at that point, I was pretty senior and very expensive to be just sitting around working on my business ideas behind closed doors. Um, And, you know, I was so grateful for it because I no longer had to muster the courage to walk out and take emotional responsibility for that choice with my family. Um, It was like, oh, I got laid off. And I'm going to go pursue this. And so I, I basked in that for about a week. I was just so happy the decision of when to end it had been made for me. And I was very grateful for it because it did alleviate a lot of pressure. Yeah. However, two, three days later, I start getting calls from headhunters and people trying to recruit me. And that was when I had to actually take ownership over you know, the allure of just going somewhere else and continuing or, or really saying to my family, like, I know I have these job offers coming my way and recruiters are calling me and my parents were even calling me. I called so-and-so they'll give you a job tomorrow. Do you want it? Wow. I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm really going to go for it. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering crappiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and, more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. And please support our show and tell them we sent you. 
The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. How did your family receive the news that you were really going for it. I mean, it seems like their that relationship is incredibly important to you, uh, and that must have been really hard. You know, it it was hard on all of us. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I think my parents had to do some some individuating and some soul searching too. Uh, my parents are actually inherently pretty big risk takers themselves. But there was there was a gender component of what does this mean? And what does this mean about you eventually giving us grandkids if you go throw your energy in this other direction? So there was like a little bit of that agenda going on. And then there was a little bit of an agenda of um, what if you fail? And we're so used to seeing you succeed and watching you fail is going to be really difficult for all of us to watch. And that part was a great learning lesson for me because I was just as nervous as failing as I was of disappointing them. And I kind of realized I was never going to grow if I lived in fear of disappointing them. Um, so, you know, and for them, I think it was also like a wake up call of, you know, we all have to have like a, a little powwow of, you know, you guys, I've never failed at anything. My generation was not taught how to fail. And if I fail at this, like there will be something good that comes out of it because we're just, we're just not taught to fail. I'm, I'm frustrated by this very expensive education that I had where I was never taught to fail and how to fail and how to pick myself back up and keep going. And I felt that the, the layoff felt a little bit in a lot of people's eyes like a failure. And I was really relieved to sort of get to have that so that I could like start digesting what that might feel like. Um, so yeah, it was complicated, but they, they eventually just realized that, you know, they weren't going to stop me from doing it. So they might as well get on board, which they did. <laughs> and then <laughs> like you, we, you didn't fail. Yeah. You, you well, very much I mean, did not you know, fail. <laughs> For now, it's a, it's a forever question, which I think is is kind of the more interesting lesson. Um, it's never done. It's like it's a journey, and there's probably failure coming at some point, on some level, maybe like as the enterprise as a whole, but maybe not. Um, you know, and within it, there have been micro failures of things. Well, we'll call them learning experiences, um, but that's just part of it, right? And it's I think so much of it is just learning how to tolerate that. And how uncomfortable that feels. And I think it is very cultural. Um, there's a lack of sense of humor about failure in the way that I grew up and in the cultures I grew up. There's just not a good sense of humor about it. And and it's inevitable. Like we're all going to fail somewhat here and there. And tolerating how uncomfortable that feels at that time is 
is like a, is a great lesson. I have found it to be such a good lesson. So that's and, kind of how. And, and one you've had to kind of learn along the way, I think, right? Like it's been trial and error. Right. What, what are, what, what are some self-care practices that you, you currently have, but also that you implemented? I know you mentioned going to psychotherapy, but as you were kind of going through this experience of, you know, feeling unhappy in your career and then shame and guilt around that, and then the desire to start your own business, what are some ways in which you took care of yourself then? And how else do you kind of, you know, practice self-care now as an entrepreneur running their own business? And are we talking all forms of self-care? Yeah. Any, I mean, that can really be anything. Right. Well, one of the things I started doing was I started journaling a lot, um, which I always thought was just the hokiest, most ridiculous thing. And people have been telling me about it for years, but what it does is it gets you out of your own head. Um, and it, it gets you to sort of gurgitate something on a piece of paper and just having it like the swirl of ideas and anxiety and all these things that go on in our heads, it has no place to go. Like it has an energy of its own. And so something for me about the exercise of throwing it out on a piece of paper, even if I can't make sense of what I'm writing and I never look at it again, doesn't matter. Um, it just gets it out of my head. And I found that very helpful in, in also sort of getting, gaining some clarity on what the, what the journey was really about and a little bit about surrendering. Because as I journaled more and more, I realized that what I was afraid of was just sort of surrendering, but there was no question that there was very strong, like energy from within that was just pushing me to go do this. Um, and so I had to, there was a part of me that had to surrender to that. And I think one of the things that I realized through journaling was also that I spent so much, one of the reasons why I was so fatigued by being a lawyer is that I had to psych myself up to go to work every day. And so rather than the wind being at my back, I was like swimming upstream emotionally all the time to make it through the day. And there was no denying that like the energy that was propelling me to go do this business felt energizing and affirmative. And it was a totally different experience, but I couldn't make sense of that in my head. So the journaling really helped. And then, you know, one of the ways that you're awarded as a lawyer is by lack of sleep, because the more hours you bill, the more they like you. And it's, it's almost like it's, it's a very twisted thing. And obviously your performance declines very quickly into the no sleep world. And so I had been living off of, you know, anywhere from two to five hours of sleep, you know, for six years um, with no breaks, no weekends off. And I went into like kind of a rabbit hole of health issues once I left being a lawyer that I had to tend to that all stemmed from years and years of lack of sleep. And I implemented like a new, I'm not going to wake up with an alarm clock thing for as long as I could actually get away with it. And now I'm very, very religious about a minimum of eight to 10 hours of sleep a night. Um, Wow. That makes such a difference. It makes such a difference. Um, And I work more efficiently and I'm more clear and I'm less anxious when I don't get things done. But I never gave that the proper priority it needed. And then fresh air, I think, is really important. You know, there's like a lot of 
things that people are saying these days about getting out in nature. Um, and I do find that even though I don't live near anything nature like, I wish I did when I am in nature, like everything just clarifies and calms down. And there's something about getting connected with fresh air and, and that's important. So to the extent that I can, I try to like get outside and just kind of walk in a contemplative way for 10 minutes a day, which is different from getting on a treadmill at an equinox. Right. It is totally. Um, and, and, you know, and I think there's a lot about reading fiction for me that I use as self care because they're the watching the creative process unfold for somebody else and sort of losing yourself in a story um, I don't, I try not to read too much like nonfiction, but we're also bombarded with so much nonfiction in our daily lives. And I find that it can be really taxing on the psyche. It's not refreshing, <laughs> you know? No. And, and I'm addicted to the news and I'm addicted to data and information. And so I do try to read, you know, constantly be reading like a fiction book. Um, I wanted to ask about the target being sold in Target. Yeah. Um, first of all, how did that come about? And also, was that just a huge growth spurt for your company? And how are you dealing with that? Um, yes, yes, and yes. I was about, <laughs> I'm trying to think, we were about eight, eight or nine months into launching and Target approached me. Um, and it was like, whoa. And I had actually been approached by a couple of other large retailers, but did not feel that they were the right fit at the time. For some reason, when Target approached me, it felt like something that I did need to consider, even though as a small independent business owner, I wasn't ready for it. Like infrastructurally, I wasn't ready for it. Um, And again, it was just one of those moments where I thought you just are going to have to say yes and figure out how to do it later, which is exactly what happened. So I said, yes, they came back a few months later with like a more cohesive sort of proposal. And then I didn't hear from them for a couple months. And then all of a sudden it was like, they came back and they were like, okay, we've worked out all the kinks. Here's the deal. This is when you're launching. We need this in two months. We need this in three. Yeah. And so it went from zero to a hundred with the target thing, um, immediately. And I basically just locked myself in my house and breathed and lived in a target for, you know, three months straight in preparation for, um, this launch. And it was, it was, it is, it was, and it is a great opportunity, but there was something really important about, Target feeling like the right environment for my consumer too. I had worked really hard on creating something that wasn't what I think, what I know we are tired of getting as Latinos in this country, which is everything Latinos like is cheap and cheesy and, you know, like, like string lights. And there's so much, that's so sophisticated about all these different countries in Latin America and their individual cultures. And I really wanted to try to bring aspects of that out into the line and target felt like a place where 
those things could be celebrated, but also be accessible on a more mass market scale. And they weren't asking me to cheapen it. And they weren't asking me to take the Spanish off. And they were very respectful about what I'd created and why. And they kind of trusted that I knew, I knew this customer. Um, And so that was, that was really important to me to make sure that it had found like a home where it would make sense and it's been great for the business if for no other reason than I get, I've gotten tremendous exposure. I'm not in every Target store. I'm in a percentage of Target stores and I've gotten great exposure in markets where it would have been taken me a really long time to kind of make any sort of footprint in all of these places. So it was incredibly helpful from that perspective. And everybody shops at Target. I mean, I grew up coming to the United States once a year on holiday with my parents to go shopping at Target for five days in preparation for the entire year. Like That's amazing. So, you know, so it kind of was this like funny, touching sort of um, full circle situation yeah. as well. But yeah, it's been, it's been really great. And there's something that there's a like cachet that Target has that people trust in and it is so hard to make inroads in any business and in this business in particular where you're like up against these huge brands that have so much money and huge corporations behind them um, to have a company like Target say, you don't know this girl, but like we believe in her and we're going to put her stuff on our shelves. And it was huge as a woman and as a minority business owner to have a company like that kind of put some confidence behind the brand. So it has been, um, probably the craziest year of my life ever. And it's been, it's been a little bit like getting an MBA at the same time. And I'm learning so much and being put through my paces and, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of tread water and stay afloat. And within all of that, I don't know enough about the trajectory of the target relationship or anything in the future to really confidently say, okay, I'm going to go out and hire that the help that I need. So by and large, it's still just me doing most of everything. <clears throat> if for, for people who might be new to your line, is there one item that you're like, this is the introductory piece that everyone needs? And I will tell you that Alexis Tarada, who was a guest on our show, came in wearing the bold lip color in Brava. And that is what we lost our minds over. So I don't know if it's that lip color or is there something that was like your, it's like your nearest and dearest piece of makeup that you think everyone should own? Yeah. So it's so funny. It definitely was always Brava. I struggled with reds my whole life because every makeup counter I went to would say, oh, you, you have darker like skin tone. You should wear orange you should wear an orangey red or you should wear like a maroon brick red. And that is not why women wear red lipstick. Women wear red lipstick because it is a mood changer and it has a very specific type of energy that no other lip color gives you. It is timeless and fierce all at once. And if you don't get that injection of I'm wearing this holy shit red, then it's not doing its job. But everyone gets so hung up on this idea that it's like skin color, really like your best colors or this. And that's not what I wanted. And so since I could never find the red that I felt gave me that that energy, but also 
I think looked good on my skin, um, I went out and created it. And, and that was the red. And the reason why I called it Brava is because it's like woman's on fire, bitch be angry, bitch be like on a mission. And I wanted it to give everyone the injection of that color. Well, it turns out to be this red that actually ended up looking beautiful on everybody. Like my very, very palest friends, my very, very darkest skin friends, uh, my mother's age friends were all in their late 60s. And and so that to me was the hero product of the line. Um, we say on the website, it's equal parts, Reina, equal parts for Belde, because it's true. And I, you know, I love that. And yet there in the running in the background of this as I was aging, right, because I'm creating this line for people our age, certainly, but also a much younger demographic, 15 year olds, 25 year olds. Um, one of the things that I started lamenting was that my eyebrows were getting sparser. And as a, I'm sure you guys were the victims of the like 1990s, um, brow, which (laughs) as it turns out, it like took me 10 years to recover from of like every serum, every vitamin I could get to get my eyebrows back to being like the full brows that they were. But obviously as we, as we get older, we lose brow hair. And one of the things that was such a tragedy about that 90s brow is that a strong, full brow makes your whole face look younger because there is something very youthful about hair and an abundance of hair. So I created a brow product um, that is basically like a gel pomade. And the darker shade is called Frida because of Frida Kahlo's unibrow. And the lighter brown shade is called La Doña, which is after like another uh, Mexican movie star from the golden era that was also known for her brows. And I can never find my perfect shade. And also like the brows have to be darker some days, depending on what lip you're wearing, lighter some days, depending on how smoky your eye is, et cetera, et cetera. So I created two shades that I felt like could be mixed together on your hand to create your custom shade whenever, um, whenever you are doing your makeup and there's nothing I enjoy more than doing my eyebrows every single morning, because I literally feel like if I wear nothing else the rest of the day, um, it makes me look awake. It makes my face look framed. Um, and it just adds that gravitas that you need. And so I would say everybody needs a good brow product. I don't care if you think you've got like skinny brows or full brows, like a full brow is going to make you look youthful and, and rested well into whatever age you're in. I love so, that. A red lip and a strong brow. Always. Words if, nothing to live else, by. if you do nothing else, those are the two things you got to do. Um, Regina, this has been so great to get to talk to you and learn about your life and your company. Can you tell us online where and in stores where we can find you? Absolutely. So you can always find us at com, and you can find the full line there. And then you can find some lip products on Amazon if you're big Amazon Prime purchasers, which a lot of people I love, that's my favorite thing. People think that Prime is free and that they don't pay for shipping, but we all know we, pay for shipping, we forget about it. Um, and then Target.com and then tar- there's about um, 
a whole list of the Target stores where we're currently carried. There will be more next year, but the majority of them are in New York, um, California, Arizona, Colorado, Chicago area, all over Florida. And yeah. And then we're, we're expanding to a couple of other territories next year, which we're super excited about. So that's where you can get the line. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. So Kate, mm-hmm. how did your daughter's birthday party go? You know what? It was a blast. Oh, yay. Was I anxious about it? And did I have the nervous feeling of like, is everybody having fun? What if they're not having fun? And then I was like, oh, they're kids. And your daughter seemed to be having fun. She had fun. Her friends had fun. They did. They were so, everybody was like really lovely and well-behaved and well-mannered. They all went to sleep. Oh, You know, at a reasonable, I think by 1130, everyone was asleep. They're just, they were just really great. And it was a lot of, it was fun. And it was, I will say the most I've ever felt like a parent. Oh, interesting. Like just having all these kids in our home and being responsible for them overnight, I felt very grown up. I don't normally feel like yeah. I'm an adult, but it was very, it was very adult. Oh. Yeah. So that was nice. How has it been enjoying pregnancy? I'm enjoying it more. You've been really talking about how you're feeling good. Yeah. Like I'm really, I'm feeling good. And like, I know that, you know, in, in a few weeks I'm going to be bigger. And that is how it works. And it's probably going to get a little uncomfortable. What week are you at now? 21. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm trying to just sort of like enjoy this time when I'm like getting bigger, but I'm not so big that it's uncomfortable Way yet. Way to stay in the present. Thank you. Because I feel you. like especially when you're pregnant, you're like, there's so much focus on what's to come. Yes. Yes. So that's been, I, th- I think I'm doing a decent job, just enjoying the pregnancy. I certainly get that vibe from you. Oh, thank you. What do you have on your intention list this week? I'm going to plan my staycation. Oh, you know what? I know a podcast that just did a whole episode <laughs> now, on staycation. I don't want to overplan my staycation. Which can then make it a stresscation. Exactly. So I think I'm just going to think about a few things that I want to do and that I want to get done, but I'm not going to try to like plan every minute of it so that's my intention can't wait to hear what you do including Thanks. those cinnamon rolls oh yeah um what is your intention this week mine is to try to combat the feeling of overwhelm mm. and just go through my to-do list item by item you know just like check a thing off once a day yeah because i i, I ultimately i get so overwhelmed by the big picture yeah that I forget that just by like doing little steps, it all gets done. Mm -hmm. So I think that might really help my mental state. And then you know what, this isn't on my list, but I think just to like relax and enjoy some quiet time. Yeah. You know, watching it, watch some TV, read on the couch, just to like find ways to treasure, treasure my time. Sounds perfect. Well, you know, see how it goes. Well, listen, You can all tell us about your staycations or anything else by calling us at 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, let's not forget the topic that kicked off this episode was pubic hair shampooing. (laughs) So please do weigh in on that. Or or not. Or not. Or tell me what. Or just send Kate a message. (laughs) 
Um, you can also join our Facebook oh, group boy. at facebook.com slash group slash forever 35 podcast. And you will be asked a question. The answer is serums. Yep. And you you know the drill. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend. And if you really like us, uh, please mention us on the social media outlet of your choice or follow us on the social media outlet yeah. of your choice. And just a reminder that everything we talk about is always on our website, forever35podcast.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever 35 pod and you know forever 35 is hosted and produced by Doris freer and kate spencer and produced and edited by sammy junio and with help from our new assistant lane hammer lane hammer shout out yeah all right we'll talk to you all next week bye, bye.